Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Hello, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host, and we've got a great show for you lined up. We've got Jason Moore, who is the owner of a company called Elite HRV. Um, Jason used to be a personal trainer, and then he got really interested in how you can use technology to surface information about your health that can help you to drive better performance and, and better overall health. Um, he's just fresh off a successful Kickstarter campaign for his new product, which is called CoreSense. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the podcast episode, but that's a little device that clips onto your index finger and allows you to take an HRV reading in the morning or any time of day, in fact. Um, I've ordered one. It looks fantastic. So no more chest straps, no more um, heart rate monitors, just a very simple way of taking your HRV. So in this episode, we'll talk about what HRV is, how it's a great marker for health, how you can use technology to surface some of that data. Uh, Jason talks a bit about his personal practices as well and how he stays fit and well despite running a, a growing, a fast growing technology company. We talk about the effect that breathing can have on your physiology and how you can use tech to measure that and see the impact of it. We also use, talk about using technology to improve health and performance and many, many more things. This is a really great episode. Um, Jason is a, is a really great way of explaining semi-complicated concepts in a simple way. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, one final thing, if you enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it with anyone that you think might benefit from it and jump onto iTunes as well or Apple Podcasts as it's now called and leave us a review if you have the chance to do that. We really appreciate it and it takes just a couple of minutes. That's all for me. Enjoy the show. So Jason Moore, welcome to the show. Thanks, Leanne. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for reaching out and uh, for backing our Kickstarter and inviting me to come on. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. Um, let's start with a little bit of your story, if you like, and how you got into what, what you're into. Let's take it from there. Yeah, sure. So um, my background is actually in information systems design, and that's what I went to school for. And then I worked in the oil and gas industry, actually, for a number of years, designing and implementing these large scale data analysis systems that were tracking the health of expensive equipment out in the field. Hmm. And so now you might be thinking like, how the heck did you get into heart rate variability analysis and all this health and fitness stuff? Mm -hmm. And that's because on the side, I was doing a lot of independent research on that. And I was actually coaching clients as a health coach and personal trainer. Right. And that's kind of where my passion was. And uh, although I did enjoy the, the work in oil and gas as well, but, um, about three years ago, uh, a little more than that now, um, I had been doing a bunch of research with health and fitness, been networking, and I had discovered previously this metric called heart rate variability, which we'll talk more about, I'm sure. Um, but it was a really powerful metric, and I wasn't really satisfied with the options that were out there for uh, apps or hardware technology that was available. So decided to um, kind of marry my experience with uh, information systems design and designing these data analysis systems with my passion for health and fitness and create uh, Elite HRV, which is a heart rate variability platform that's my business now. And so a couple of years ago, quit the oil and gas job and started working on this more, uh, more and more and last year full time. And this year and last year it started really taking off. So here we are. Yeah, indeed. And it's a great story and we'll come back to it. Um, let's just talk a bit about what heart rate variability is. 
Yeah, sure. So um, basically, one of the things I was looking for when I was a coach and when I was trying to figure out my own health and uh, fitness situation was something I could measure uh, to help me track my progress and something that was meaningful, more meaningful than something like steps or basic heart rate or, you know, some of the more generic things. Hmm. So heart rate variability, um, before diving into the science of it, it's a systemic metric. And what I mean by that is it looks at the big picture of what your body and mind, uh, what the state of it is at any given moment. So it's very closely tied to stress. So mm -hmm. mental and physical stress have a strong impact on your heart rate variability and uh, also your recovery from that stress. So now a little about the science of it. Heart rate variability is a lot different than just heart rate. So people, when you think of heart rate, if you think of like 60 beats per minute, for example, a lot of folks will think that that's one beat per second. So like uh, kind of like a metronome. Mm. Uh, in reality, it's actually fluctuating, uh, really tiny fluctuations between each and every one of those beats. So it's more like 0.9 millise uh, yeah, 0.9 seconds, 0.8 seconds, or 1.1 seconds, 1.2 seconds. It kind of averages out to 60 beats per minute, but all these tiny little fluctuations actually have a pattern and that pattern is able to be detected by specific hardware. And then we're able to run specific algorithms and calculations to detect what's called your heart rate variability. Okay. And, so variability yeah. is, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, a, so, an indication of being recovered, rested, healthy. Right. So yeah, if you think about it, um, if your body is under a lot of stress, then it probably wants to take really tight control over how you respond to that stress. Like for example, you need to uh, mobilize blood glucose and you need to um, deliver oxygen to your blood cells really efficiently. Your heart rate increases, um, you know, maybe your pupils dilate and there's other, a lot of other uh, processes that the, the body is specifically the nervous system activates in response to stress. One of the things it does is it makes your heart a lot more consistent because it really needs to deliver nutrients and have everything uh, operating very efficiently. Mm -hmm. So when you're not under stress, it can kind of relax, so to speak. And um, obviously, you know, it's not just beating erratically all over the place, but you have a lot more variability in things and a lot more flexibility in things when you're not under stress. Mm -hmm. So your heart rate uh, becomes a little bit more variable that's a very natural thing. In fact, it's desirable, like you mentioned, hmm. when okay. you're not in stress. Yeah. Okay. And how is that information useful for, let's say, a busy professional? So an executive, you know, they may have various different data points available to them through wearable tech. How do, how do you use that information? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, first, like, why is this even occurring or what, what are we even learning from this? Heart rate variability, uh, when you run specific calculations and algorithms on it, it lets you know what's happening in your nervous system, specifically your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so, as I mentioned, the autonomic nervous system is kind of tied to stress and recovery, both mental and physical stress. Um, and it also uh, helps mobilize resources for you to be able to perform, whether that's in exercise or in business and you're uh, giving presentations or doing live interviews like this. Uh, there's processes in the body that 
help you are able to tackle those challenges. Mm -hmm. And so heart rate variability, while we're analyzing it, it gives you kind of a gauge of your body's ability to tackle stress on any given day and your ability to recover from stress on a given day. And then also uh, gives you some tools to increase your ability to handle more stress if you need to, or to um, take extra steps to boost your recovery. And so I've been saying stress quite a bit. Um, so maybe we can just give a quick background. Like stress is not necessarily a bad thing. It's needed actually for life <laughs> and for adaptation. So a good example is if you want to get stronger, you have to stress out your muscles a little bit in yep. order for them to adapt and get stronger, right? And the same goes for anything. So whether you want to, uh, you know, become more uh, mentally capable, the only way to do that is to challenge your mind and, and adapt to those new scenarios and, and get better at it. So stress is a good thing, but when we get kind of overwhelmed with it as it's easy to do in today's life, um, then it can start to break us down as well. So. It's good if you want to be a very effective business person, if you want to perform well in life or perform well in fitness or exercise, it's good to have a good balance of a healthy amount of stress, not too much and not too little. Hmm. And heart rate variability can kind of help you find that nice sweet spot in the middle. Okay, and how, how does it do that? How can you use HRV data to find that kind of sweet spot where you're kind of rested, but putting your body under enough physiological stress to to get the adaptations? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, essentially what we recommend is that people start tracking their HRV uh, in the morning. So you'll take like a morning readiness reading is what we call it. And that's about a one to two minute reading first thing in the morning. And what happens is when you do that for several days in a week, for example, is our app actually starts to detect through using HRV as a segue to your nervous system, which is connected to all of these processes in your mind and body, the app starts to learn what your individual um, patterns of stress and recovery are and how resilient you are to stress in general and kind of where you're operating. So what it looks like in practice is, okay, I take my morning readiness reading, I get a few days worth of data, that forms my baseline, my HRV baseline, and then from there, I can compare that to population data to mm -hmm. see where my starting point is and say, okay, like uh, we give you a score like one to 100 basically. And you know, the average is 59. So basically let's say you come in at 50, right? Which is not a bad score by any means, but it's below the average. So you can say, okay, I'm a little bit below average. Um, you may still be a high performer in life. So that's totally great. It's not that being below average is going to, um, you know, predict failure at life or something. Um, but <clears throat> it means that you have some room to improve on your physiological side, your ability to tolerate stress and resilience. Um, there's, there's so many things that HRV correlates with that we could go down a rabbit hole on in any direction. But um, in practice, then what happens is you get an idea of your starting point and then let's say, okay, I want to make some improvements like, um, you know, just boost my resilience or maybe uh, if, if work stress, uh, managing work stress is the most important thing, 
then here's a few things that you can try like um, incorporating some guided breathing or mindfulness practices into your day or um, you know just making sure that you really don't uh, eat the donuts at work or the cookies um, because you know that when you eat sugar in the middle of the day you have you kind of struggle in the afternoon to to stay alert um, things like that mm-hmm. when you make little changes like this to your routine or to your lifestyle it's sometimes hard to know if those changes are actually making lasting improvement right and so what you can see with the hrv numbers is let's say you were a little bit below average and you make some changes well you should expect to see those numbers actually come up so then let's say you make a cha- uh, change like you do a, a 30-day challenge where you decide not to eat junk food for 30 days or something so then um, what we're seeing too is that people are actually running Uh, 30-day challenges like this with their uh, gym or with their clients or something like that. And they'll see HRV improve from the first day to the 30th day alongside of, you know, reducing the junk food or whatever. So then you can see, okay, the changes that I'm making are having a real physiological effect. They're really boosting my ability to tolerate stress or, or they're increasing my recoverability. Um, and that translates to other areas of your life because stress is cumulative from all sources. Mm-hmm. So whether you are getting stress from your diet or stress from relationships or stress from exercise or stress from work, school, environmental, uh, nutrition, maybe I already uh, mentioned, sleep, there's all these different sources of stress and they're all drawing from the same reservoir of you know energy and resources that you mm. have to deal with that stress yep yeah so that's probably a pretty roundabout um but let me know if i can explain anything further yeah no that, that's good that's really good could you use it then as a, a readiness score so you, you could judging one from what your hiv hrv is uh decide that today's a good day to push it today's a better day to take it easy uh, how, how, what do you do in person? If, if your HIV, HRV is lower than it normally is, what, would mm-hmm. you, what, what adaptations would you make to your day? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, it's very goal specific. We'll start with a, um, a really common goal that people have is to improve fitness, mm-hmm. right? So um, exercise is one of the main ways that people get into HRV and then they learn more about it and translate it to other areas of their life. But um, we'll use that example first. So if you're trying to get more fit and you know that you need to exercise to do that, then uh, some days uh, your body will be able to tolerate exercise better than other days. Mm -hmm. So what you might do is wake up in the morning, measure your HRV, get get that readiness score and say, okay, today looks like a really good day where I can push hard, get in a good like 30 minute interval session or something like that. Um, or maybe today looks like my body's already kind of under some stress, maybe from, I already had a long week and it's Friday or something like that. So maybe today, instead of trying to exercise really hard, I will, um, just go for a brisk walk or maybe do some mobility exercises that are still beneficial, but maybe not as strenuous. And then, um, you know, or what you, the decision you can make is just gives you data to make decisions is you know that the weekend's coming and maybe you're going to sleep all weekend 
So then maybe you decide, okay, I'm a little bit more stressed today. I'm going to go ahead and exercise anyway, but instead of, instead of reducing exercise, I'm going to make sure that I go to bed at a reasonable hour tonight and get lots of high quality sleep this weekend. Mm. So I know that I'm going to actually get a good adaptation from that exercise by prioritizing the recovery afterwards. Yeah. And I and think that's so, what gets lost, isn't it? It's the recovery. I see a lot of um, senior people and busy professionals throwing a lot into their work and not prioritizing enough recovery. Equally, there's quite a lot of athletes, recreational and otherwise, doing a lot of training and not prioritizing the recovery. And I think we're starting to wake up to that. Ariana Huffington's campaign to get us all sleeping more is taking, it's gaining ground. I think we're waking up, forgive the pun, to the idea that we need to sleep and recover and put equal priority on that. But mm. we're not quite there yet. And things like HRV um, can really help people get a measure of you know how rested am I? And the body sends these signals, but we've come, become really used to ignoring them, really well practiced at ignoring them. And I think HRV is just one of those big surface numbers. Or, Hang on a minute, you've got to listen to this. My, your HRV reading is, is down. It's time to take action. So yeah, that's great. Flag. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, it's it's really a tool for self awareness. Yeah, and for decision making. So um, by by gaining uh, deeper self awareness, becoming more self aware, you have better capacity to make better decisions on an ongoing basis. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you won't still make mistakes or something like that, but it, you'll you'll see those mistakes sooner. Um, so that's the other thing is it's kind of a um, a flag, so to speak, in either direction, showing, okay, things that you're doing are helping, great, I'm going to keep doing those. Things that you're doing or another change that you may try may not help or maybe even hurt, and then it'll be a flag that it will help you know if that's the case. Yeah. A lot of times the interesting thing about HRV is it's more sensitive than um, your subjective ability to perceive the situation. So um, what I mean by that is uh, we don't uh, actually promote this as a use case, although a lot of people have found this useful is that their HRV values will actually show when they're getting sick before any symptoms occur. Right. And so they'll, they'll uh, see a big drop in HRV on like a Tuesday, but they're like, hmm, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't feel the best, but I think, um, I think it's okay, maybe this, you know, and they'll just go through, go on, and then boom, they get sick the next day. And HRV is down, and it was it was kind of a little bit of a warning sign. And we've had people who have kind of chronically recurring ailments, like they always get colds or something like that. And then uh, since they started tracking HRV, on those days that they have elevated stress, they make sure to not expose themselves to a lot of additional stress or to go, um, you know, they make, make sure to eat their vegetables on that day and eat their vitamin C and uh, get some vitamin D and things like that to help their immune system stay strong. And then since they've been kind of having this like warning flag and are able to respond effectively, they've reported that they have no, almost no colds anymore mm. um, because they're able to basically, you catch know, catch it early. Yeah. Catch it early. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's like tons and tons of interesting use cases that people are are coming up with yeah. for it. And uh, kind of back to your your question about what I would do too. Um, you know, let's say fitness wasn't 
uh, a big goal of yours, but you wanted to perform well at work and just generally in life. Um, so on those side of things, the same recovery tactics that people who are trying to get more fit use can also be used to boost your performance in life as well. And so prioritizing sleep, prioritizing good nutrition, um, you know, going outside, um, actually circadian rhythm, which is a sort of technical term for your body's 24 hour kind of patterns of hormonal fluctuations and, mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. It's, it's the processes in your body that help you be awake and alert during the day mm -hmm. and sleep and recover at night, right? And those are the main functions of circadian rhythm. And that's an internal process. One of the things that happens in modern time, we have exposure to artificial light. We have um, stress that occurs kind of late into the evening. Um, uh, we have a lot of stimulation from TV or uh, other other things like that. Mm. And then our diets can kind of also contribute to this, but our circadian rhythm gets off. So then we feel like kind of tired or lethargic during the day at some points. And then we feel kind of wired and like we can't go to sleep or we wake up in the middle of the night or something like that. Mm. You know, these types of things can really impact your sleep quality and your energy levels throughout the day. And uh, interestingly, circadian rhythm has a huge correlation with heart rate variability. And so uh, by making adjustments to your uh, timing of your food choices, and also by reducing stimulation before you go to sleep, like turning off the TV earlier or turning down the lights earlier to kind of mm -hmm. signal to your body that you're uh, getting ready to go to sleep. The other thing is getting direct sunlight on your skin, if possible, early in the day. Yep. Help, really helps um, train your circadian rhythm to know that this is the daytime and that's the nighttime, yep. right? Um, and so uh, when you make these types of adjustments and you fix your circadian rhythm, you not only are able to sleep better and have more energy throughout the day, but you'll also see improvements in HRV most likely, especially if your HRV was below average. Yeah. We had um, the renowned nutritionist Alessandro Ferretti. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, uh, we yeah. had yeah, we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he, we were talking Fantastic. a lot about blue light blocking glasses, circadian rhythms, melatonin production or suppression. Um, we talked also specifically about the best time or best time lag between eating your evening meal and going to bed. And he said it's three to four hours. Um, which isn't always achievable for people, but if you can get that, that gap, it gives the body time to go through the digestive processes, the body temperature to come down a little bit, uh, from the thermal effect of food, I guess, and just help prepare you for bed. And actually the episode, which I'll link to in the show notes that I recorded last week as a solo show was all about, I think it was 10 ways to get more sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. And I explained a bit about circadian rhythm. So anyone who's a regular listener will have heard a bit about that, but I'm nice. mindful of time, Jason. What is uh, what is the app that you you produce? And tell us a bit about CoreSense, which you've just had successfully funded on Kickstarter. Yeah, thanks. Um, so our app and our platform is called Elite HRV, and HRV stands for the Heart Rate Variability. And uh, it's a free app on Android and iOS, and you do need a companion hardware to go with it. Um, but we like to stay really open, so. Uh, the key to know if you're looking to get into HRV is that whatever hardware you use needs to be very accurate. So I talked about those tiny little changes between heartbeats. Mm. It's really hard to detect those with just basic hardware. So 
uh, right now uh, until course ends basically our recommendation was to get a chest strap yeah. which is like a, pol a polar type chest strap that goes around your chest you take a reading two minutes per morning and you get all of these scores and recommendations from our app um, now we are, just like you mentioned we just had a successful kickstarter uh, launching our product called CoreSense, and we uh, successfully funded thanks to you and to many others. Yeah, so, yeah, um, looking forward to getting it. It's exciting times. Yep. So the CoreSense device actually clips onto the fingertip and makes it much easier and more convenient to get that HRV data. So when you wake up in the morning, you literally just, like I have one right here, you just stick your finger in it and then boom, it turns on. I don't know if you can see the light yep, flashing. Yeah, I can see it, yeah and uh, starts detecting your pulse and your HRV. Yeah. And then um, that's it, two minutes, and then you take it off, you get your recommendation. You don't have to wear stuff all day long. You don't have to track overnight and all this stuff. Um, so great thing. The other nice thing about it is uh, when you're uh, trying to integrate, you know, you hear like meditation, mindfulness, breathing practices, and all these things are, are good to do. Uh, one of the other big ways that HRV contributes to uh, these types of practices is it gives you some objective live biofeedback. So I'll try to sum this up in like two minutes, but basically um, when you're doing guided breathing, you can immediately see changes in your nervous system on the HRV score in real time. Wow. So the nice thing is with this device too, you can throw it in your bag clip it to your finger and do like a little breathing exercise anywhere. Like if you're at work or in, uh, you know, on the bus or anywhere uh, at home and you can immediately see physiological change happening inside your body and biofeedback's a whole nother topic we could go off on, but essentially what you're doing is using data to gain control over your nervous system, which is something that you previously wouldn't have been able to control at least, yeah. you know, be hard to. See, that, that I think is going to be brilliant is, you know, I could literally sit there with um, a core sense device, my finger in the core sense device and show someone on the app the impact that deep diaphragmatic breathing has on my physiology in terms of, of moving me into parasympathetic dominance or um, into a calmer state, basically. And mm -hmm. you can actually see that live on the app over a two minute breathing exercise. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's very powerful. It's very powerful. Um, I'll link to everything in the show notes. I mean, is CoreSense available now for anyone who hasn't funded the, it's not, is it? It's just for people uh, who funded the campaign. Right. We're going to be delivering to our Kickstarter backers first before anyone else, but yeah. uh, we are accepting um, pre-orders for okay. the, the second wave now. So um, basically if you, you can go to the Kickstarter page or you can go to elitehrv.com slash CoreSense, which mm -hmm. is C-O-R-S-E-N-S-E. -E. And uh, um, there's links there to where you can pre-order it. So cool. we are still accepting pre-orders, but they will be fulfilled after yeah. all after the backers. Order. And how much is the course sense? Uh, it's going to retail at 145 US. Okay. Um, but right now uh, it's slightly discounted, not nearly as discounted as it was in the Kickstarter, but yeah. um, there's some good discounts for pre-orders still. Yeah, cool. Who is, who is Elite HRV for? Who are you really aiming it at? Is it athletes? Is it execs? Is it everybody? You know, what is the reason why somebody who's not tracked HRV before should get the app, get CoreSense, get a polar heart rate monitor, whatever they do, why should they be tracking HRV? 
Yeah, that's a good question. The, it's for people who want to objectively quantify their progress towards reaching goals, basically. And, and that sounds broad, but there's a lot of people who aren't interested in quantifying anything. They would rather just try to feel it out. And that's fine. You know, I'm not going to uh, force anyone to do that. But uh, for people who are into getting objective feedback and quantifying their progress or seeing if things are working or not, the other tools that are were previously available, like step trackers or um, activity trackers, all night sleep tracker type stuff, is that the decision making ability was marginal and the effort to actually go through that data and track it all was high. Hmm. So heart rate variability in two minutes a day, you get an insane amount of decision making ability. So whether you're trying to improve your fitness and training athletes or whatever, or you're trying to just operate better in the business environment or be healthier for your grandchildren or whatever it is. Um, this we've done a really focused on minimizing the amount of time it takes to capture meaningful data and maximizing the decision-making ability you have off yeah. that data. The way I use it is more, it's less about measuring goals and it's more about measuring how well recovered I am. So I'll use mm -hmm. it to determine, should I walk to the office today or is it okay to drive? Do I need to double down on nutrition, which I'm pretty good at, but um, do I need to do more gentle exercise or more brisk or vigorous exercise? So I use it almost as um, uh, a yardstick to determine you know, how well recovered I am and how, how much I can push for the day um, and whether I can spot some trends. So. Uh, an increased HRV is generally considered to be better, isn't it? Generally, mm -hmm. but not always. Right. So if I can see my HRV is, is decreasing, that for me is a flag. Something's going awry. I'm either deviating slightly from nutrition, but more often than not, sleep isn't so good. Why is sleep not so good? And I can normally drill down to a reason why. Um, I'm going to bed a bit later. I've looked at the phone before bed. Um, maybe I haven't been doing any restorative stuff like breathing. I tend to do a 10-minute meditation sequence every day um, and mm -hmm. it's interesting I mean you you, oh, you can quantify so many things can't you but I think picking a few things to measure particularly if you're a busy professional you're not a fit pro you're not an athlete you're not a biohacker you're just kind of a, a, a busy person in a business uh, using picking out a couple of data points like like HRV just to get a measure on whether it's a good day to push a little bit harder good day to take it easy if you've got the autonomy is this a good day to work from home you know, I think right. that's where it, it for me it's really really useful but um, we're coming up on time is there anything that you wanted to, to add to anything that we've spoken about uh, no it's been great I mean I want to highlight one thing that you actually mentioned earlier and that's the importance of recovery in yeah. the in the process of improving yourself and um, adaptation and improvement happens during recovery not during the stress. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it starts it starts immediately if you want to get into the nitty gritty details. But when you lift a weight, for example, it's not just lifting the weight that makes you stronger. It's the repair of the muscle tissue afterwards yep. that makes you stronger. Yeah. And so, you know, that translates to all aspects of life. So it's great to put yourself into stressful situations and deal with that but the recovery is where all the improvement is made. So it's definitely good to prioritize that. And I think that maps out really nicely into the life of a business athlete, if you like, in that mm -hmm. they can put all that work in during the day 
and it's in the evening when they need to defrag, sleep, rest, recuperate to get the benefit of all that work in the day. I think it's you can easily map out um, a typical working life into to, to, to parallel it with with training and recovery. You know, we need to take to take it easy and marry busy times with rest and, and that kind of thing. I think it's you know the concept of a business athlete. I really like. I think if we thought of ourselves more as business athletes, peaking for big events, taking it easy when we can making sure that we're, we've got a plan, you know, uh, for the week and, and the month ahead rather than just charging into things and, and then looking around and thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm here again. I'm overtired. I'm chronically stressed. I'm not sleeping so well. I'm, I'm craving carbohydrate because I'm so tired. Um, I just love that concept of business athlete. And I think we need to start um, spreading the word on that and getting more people thinking that way. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, to keep in mind too, athletes, at the top level, athletes have nutritionists, athletes have massage therapists, they have um, psychological therapists, they have all of these tools that help them uh, build a strong foundation of recovery to mm. deal with the high stress of training and competition. And the same can be said for real life. If you wanna perform well in business and in life, you need to have your recovery uh, parameters dialed. So you need to be eating well, sleeping well, yeah. um, you know, confronting your uh, stressful situations with recovery, good yeah. recovery. Absolutely, yeah. We'll leave it there. Jason, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Thanks Great. for having me. Appreciate it's a it. pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, help us to reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that and it would help us to spread the good word even further. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next show.